Hello, and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you, and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, could we bring up this slide, please? It's it's on already. Can't you see it? Oh. Yeah, I can only see the just the title. Uh, title. Okay, yeah. let's do with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we continue from here. This is where we stopped last week. And um, um, St. Paul, one of the, so from the, the last, this thing, so we move on to this. And uh, from 12, yes. you say, one of them, a prophet of their own said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts. Lazy glutons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, mm. not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men and turn from the truth. The picture here was clear. This fable, these false teachers told lies from house to house and thus upset the fate of the people. Thus, whole families are affected by their unhealthy doctrines. They teach Jewish legalism. So what we are seeing here is that these people teach Jewish legalism and they indulge in, next one, they indulge in false, they indulge in false teaching of Jewish fable as salvation message. So this is what they are preaching as salvation message, indulging in fables, in things that are that are not relevant to the salvation message, the gospel. So they give fanciful teachings about the Old Testament genealogies, genealogy that is is found in First Timothy one four. And we might be reading this because uh, I did not uh, sort of uh, bring out the highlight it, highlight it from the Bible. They will not accept the truth, and they get angry if you do not agree with with this with the lies they peddle. There is no need to to find deeper meanings mm. to the same teachings of the Word of God. So there's really you search you who have known the truth to search deeper for more truth to search deeper than that that which you which is the word of God. Yeah. It is really not right. Nothing can be nothing can be clearer than the word of God. So the plain teachings of the word of God say such an approach to the Bible enables a student to find anything he's looking for. Mm. A student of the word of God will find anything just by reading, simply by reading the word of God and knowing the meaning of that, not to search any deeper than that. Mm. Praise the Lord. Next slide. Since the early assemblies usually met in private homes, it is easy to understand how whole houses could be upset by false teachers. Likewise, people having Bible studies in homes today for or joining online teachings should watch out for such prophets. Mm. One of themselves, it says here, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own. It means this is um, Paul. 
trying to tell them that this is, it is a great, a greatness that said this. It's a prophet that they had in the high esteem. It was a poet in the in the sixth century BC. It was a, a poet, and this uh, this that the fact that Paul called him a prophet, it, it's not in the sense that uh, he was really a prophet or he's holy, but in the sense that his predictions and writings came to pass. And uh, this and this man says something of their own, of their own self, their mm. own people, mm. that the creators are evil beasts, brutons, uh, lazy, and all that. Mm. So St. Paul said that he did not call these people evil beasts, but he has come to live among them for the few times he has known them. And he has known that this man's statement is true about them. So he's saying that he hasn't called them that, but the, their prophet has said it is that this is what they are. And it, of a truth, this is, that is what they really are. Sorry, bear with me. Yeah, that's fine. We can still hear you anyways. Okay. So of a truth, this is what they really are. Yeah. So he said, he said that St. Paul, as you know, is a lawyer. And when he's buttressing his points, he makes reference to things like this, uh -huh. that uh, yes, this is what it is. And uh, uh, this is an evidence of a false, uh, th those false teachers, what they do. St. Paul is, um, so this is, um, next slide, please, you see. It's questions for us to discuss. Oh, okay, questions. All right, so how do we identify a false teacher? It says here, how do you identify a man who is just? Who, yeah, who is just? Um, sorry, uh, I still have more things to say about that before we get to these questions. All right. Okay. The the this thing there, we see that uh, in the text there, there is something about they and them, them and they. Mm. Uh, in the text. Yeah. Them and they there means uh, false teachers. And they, this means they are, and they, they are means their followers. Do, let, do not be silenced, but rebuke them sharply. Say, rebuke them immediately. Immediately you find out about this. Don't, we should, the, the attitude we should adopt is not to, not to wait or to let this lie and, and to allow them to be peddling the lies. Mm. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Okay. Let me use my wife's phone. Okay. <laughs> uh, so why that uh, winner is trying to swap phones? So let's quickly discuss that question. How do we identify a just man? Welcome so much. Okay, I think uh, it's a very good question. Uh, the just can easily, yeah, can easily take that from just uh, justification. The person, the first mention of the person that the Bible referred to as a just person in the Bible was Noah. Remember Noah. The Bible says in Genesis six nine, it said, "These are the generations of Noah." Noah was a just man. Now, the Bible now also now explain. It's a blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So I would say to identify a just man, somebody that is right, have a right standing with God, but not necessarily perfect. 
-hmm. but he has a right standing with God. So that will be somebody that I will refer to because that's the definition. We all know the story of Noah. You know what eventually happened to him and all of that, all the things he got referred to. But the Bible referred to him as a just man. And that was the law of first mention. So that's what I will say with that. I don't know if anybody wants to add on to that. I like I like the emphasis on I mean the reference you gave about Noah and our Bible says he walked with God. I think that's that's actually the crux of it. If you have a relationship with God, him being your father, you being his child, um, that's that's what it means to be just. You have been saved by grace and you are now in a you are a work in progress. So even though the Bible would use words like blameless, like perfect, like just. It doesn't necessarily mean that that person is sinless. Again, using Noah as a case study because immediately after the flood, the next drama we heard was he got drunk and then even his own daughters slept with him and things like that, which was far from what we would want to associate with someone that is just. But even in the midst of all that, he had a relationship with God. He worked with God. And I think that that would be the, the starting point, if anything. Probably just manis. Is uh, that would be about okay? Still setting. Let's go to the second. Then, what, uh, what does the way? So what does the way a man, 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 man manages money say about the way you manage the church? I think that question answer itself. Like the fact that so if you. <laughs> It is a, I think I will say, I will use a mass language. There is what we call a direct correlation between the way a man manages his uh, account, the way he manages the, there's always a direct correlation. If so, if the, a person is, uh, well, let me allow people to answer first so that we don't. Actually, um, sorry, sir. I would, I would almost think that it doesn't necessarily follow in the sense that, I mean, if we're talking of the man's attitude to money in this, in sense of the love of money and things like that. Then oh, we can... He said manage, manage. There are many pastors that are poor or church leaders that are poor, not because they are meant to be poor, but because they are bad managers and they are good pastors. So in other words, I think this is where a plurality of leadership comes in. No man is an island. I might not be good with managing, even in marriages, the husband may be the one that is good at managing money, the wife may not be good. One party will be good, the other may not be. And so coming together and working together will then make up for that lapse. So the fact that I may not be good with managing money doesn't necessarily mean that I won't be good with managing the church because I mean, that takes the grace of God. So as long as I have people like Ed Alumefo <laughs> that will make up, for that black city that me, I'm not good in this area, but there is an elder that is sound in that area. So let him manage money. As long as I don't touch money and leave money to people that can manage, all is well. So at the end of the day, that's why God gives us various gifts. And when we bring all of those ministry gifts together, I think it will flourish. But in terms of loving money, the love of money, Bible says, is the root of all evil. That's a different thing entirely. And loving money and managing money, I don't think they are necessarily the same thing. Um, at least going by the words uh, that would be my thoughts please if I can follow up on what Pastor Ola just said so an example of what he just said um, if I remember very well is what happened in the book of Acts and I think chapter 6 when the disciples decided that okay they were going to face the ministry of the mm. word and just leave the serving of the tables to some people mm. and then you know and that was where the king, ah, what was the name of the, the man that was killed? Philip. The king, is it Philip? Philip the one that was stoned? Stephen. Stephen. You know, so that was where Stephen, you know, the king, Stephen came, came on board for that. And um, may I just say this uh, for that question number four that says, how do you identify a man who is just? I would, what, what first came into my heart when I saw that question is, if you are just, you'll be able to identify who is a just person. Because, um, okay, then I, I remember that scripture that says a, a deep calls to deep. 
So, and then, um, because it is what is on the inside of you that will attract, you know, something, how do I put it? But what I'm saying in literature is that, you know, if you're just, you'll be able to recognize somebody who is just as well. Okay. Any other contributions on question five or I think I Bena is back. I don't know where you want us to pick up from, sir. We 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 treat we continue to treat the, the question five and then six. Okay, sir. So we move on. Yeah. In, uh... Okay, let's let's move on. Okay. Okay, question six. Describe the danger of an angry man or woman in leadership. Oh, the danger. I think for me, it would it will keep passing anger down to because if 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 anger is in the leadership, you know, that hole that flows from Aaron's head mm. that flows into his beard will flow into his skirt. Mm. So it will keep passing anger down. You know, and to, to, to make matters more interesting, if he's now um, the kind of leader that lays hands, it will just transfer, you know, anger. So, if, because anyone who works with an angry man will be angry, he will learn his ways, he will become an angry person as well. So, I think that's one of the dangers of an angry man or woman in leadership. Mm. Mm. Any other contributions? I was going to say that they'll slap us one day. Sorry, say that again, sister. I was going to say something funny that they might slap us one day. Did they? <laughs> the angry man and woman can slap. An angry man or a woman, again, that is in leadership. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> could get angry unnecessarily. And the people uh, that uh, that yeah. they are teaching or whatever mm -hmm. might misunderstand them and as well get angry. And there will be resentment. But they will resent him and, and, they, and he will resent them as well. And that will bring some sort of uh, friction in the household of God, some sort of like uh, ma malice keeping and all that, mm. and uh, that is really not good. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Be, be... Hallelujah. Okay. All right. Go on. Oh, sorry, sir. I just saw the hot classes on as well. Um, my contribution is an angry man or woman as well. Um, uh, it will overshadow the spirit of God in them if they continue this way, because they will continue to quench the spirit if they continue to be angry and not listen to the spirit, the, the spirit of God in them, speaking to them part time. Yeah. Oh. Okay, ma. Eda Fatukasi. Sorry. No, I, I wanted to, you know, in, in that question that, so we're talking about dangers of angry man or woman in leadership. We're talking about leadership in the Christian fold of when you're talking about leadership outside, you know, the Christian fold, because all that matters a lot. So if you're talking about leadership in the Christian fold, well, in the first instance, like Pastor said earlier on, when he started with the first question from um, Engineer Omayeli by by their fruit, you shall know them. So the Bible say, anger lives in the bosom of a fool. So in the first instance, that relationship, they are all fools in the first instance. Bible calls them that. So, but now when you now move it out of there, because we all work in different walks of lives, outside the church, outside the church, you work with different organizations and you got to have to work with some difficult and challenging leaders or boss. So the question is how you do how do you deal with that kind of people? Because I've worked with several leaders or boss that are very, very challenging when it comes to anger. I'm telling you, real anger. 
So that is where <laughs> your own your own truthfulness need to come into picture. Because mm. that is where you now have to show your own fruitfulness. Mm. Because I was able to eventually change this my boss that I was talking about in yeah. a way. So that is why I said there is danger there, but it is the way we are able to be able to apply it, even we that were no leader, either in the church or any other place. So you can influence, you can use your own fruitfulness to change. Uh somebody that is you know that is actually an angry man in a way your own fruitfulness can change that person and in a way you can still convert that person and then you know make that person to come to the light so that's the angle that i'm trying to come in thank you very much praise god the i'm going to quickly comment on that six there are six five on that six describe the dangers on angry man or woman in leader well uh, let's see what the Bible says. The Bible says in Proverbs 22-24. I just opened the Bible here. It said, make no friendship with an angry man. It said, and with a furious man, his house do not go. Uh. <laughs> so now, if the angry people, so I like uh, the uh, the practical example that Pastor Kazi gave because I have a testimony and witness to that, how God now use. Uh, our father now to convert the person to where God has actually put the person now. So, but at the same time, while you are trying to convert them, do not make them your friend. Uh, uh. So that they don't push you into sin. So at the same time, but you try, you keep, you keep showing them the what can be done with humility. What can be done with uh, without anger that things can be resolved properly without uh, you know so that is what I think and I think that was what we discussed and if I can remember that yeah. during we had a fact and that was exactly you just show them the truth that distance and eventually the person actually changed. But back to five, how does a man the uh, way man manages money says about the way he manages the church? Now I, I'm thinking about that. I thought about in the secular world where we are. No, I know it's a church. They see the only purpose of the church. But God himself will put his people there and he will use them. In the secular world, if you don't go through some financial training, they will never make you, you never get to some status. Uh They will never get you. And part of the status is that they want to see the exemplar in your own uh, in your own life that some things character if they see in you they will never it doesn't matter how good or intelligent you are they will which they will make other people manage so i think I, i've been thinking about is that a direct correlation or inverse correlation to me i think it is more of a direct correlation but i also like the fact that if a church is well managed properly, a church should not be managed by one person. Just like what Pastor said, it should be managed by a group of people called presbytery. So that no person, one person can say, this is what we do, and that goes. That is not itself a good management. So that is the way a church should be managed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sister Bukala. Reminded it. Sister Bukola, you raised your hand. Um, good evening, sir. Ah, okay. Uh, good evening, sir. Go on, sir. Yeah, my question is to uh, uh, the Bible pastor just quoted and said, uh, don't make friends with uh, an angry man. Mm. <laughs> what if uh, your partner or the partner that you want to marry, mm. let's not the woman that God says you want to marry. Yeah. How do you deal with such? That is my question. <laughs> if, if I could, before that, um, chip in some thoughts. Actually, the Holy Spirit has brought uh, the case study of what my wife and I read in our devotion this morning to my is, is, is about marriage and angry, managing anger in marriage or something. <laughs> and they started with a parable that kept playing in my mind. Of a lion and a cougar that are hungry against each other and they are fighting violently. Mm. And as they kept fighting against one another, it got to a point that vultures started coming around, circling over their head. 
And of course, when both of them saw the vulture, they understood that the vultures are waiting for either of them to die. To die, so that they can eat. And immediately <laughs> they saw that without anybody preaching to them, both of them <laughs> absolutely meaningless. Let's just stop our fight. JJ. <laughs> without being able to eat any of them mm. so i think it's it's manageable it's just a matter of understanding yeah. anger itself is not the same it's what we do when we are angry that is the same if you for 26 be angry but do not sin it's just that of course more often than not when we are angry anger does not work the message of god how the bible puts it anger does not it doesn't do that which God wants us to do more often than not. And that's where the tension is. So I think it's 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 going to be a challenge, but it's a challenge that both of us, by the Holy Spirit, the third party in the marriage, will have to continually hold ourselves together to journey through. When one party is angry, the other person knows how to act in a way that will drive the vultures away. When both parties are hungry, then the vultures will be present, waiting for either party to, to par- proverbially die so that they can feast on them. So I hope there's some wisdom in that anyways. But I would like to also learn from other contributors on that. I think it's a very important question. I think there are two people raising their hands up. What do they do? Yes, sir. I wasn't going to answer um comment on this. I was just gonna to talk to uh, the Patrick as well, what you said about leadership outside the Christianity. Like and being the example that eventually changes them. Mm. I've been in situations where you you try being the good example and your boss keeps they keep doing what they do that is very infuriating. It's it sink it brings a sinking feeling to the mind. It makes you not want to go to work. Like, I know it's, it's and the first class is coming from the outcome of what it got, but I would like you to start to share with us how you were able to work under this kind of circumstances. Mm. Like, it's not enough for the person to shout. It's when they, because when they're angry, it's not enough that they are just angry. It affects your work and your performance as well. Mm. And the things you're, you're supposed to get from the work, you're not being given because they can't see clearly because of their silly anger. So if you can please, I'm ranting. If you can please uh, share how you were able to sit, sit under that condition and then try to influence the person. Because if it was me, I'll just bury my head in the work and get out so that they don't they don't do things that will make me want to spark back. Thanks, sir. All right. Um, thank you, uh, Sister Anu. That's a very good one. Um, two things I'm going to two points that I'm going to make so that we don't really waste more time. We can talk after this anyway. So the first thing is, number one, you need to first of all realize that these people, they are woman being, no matter how. Woman being. The pastor, we always say something, the best of men are still men. So they are woman being. So when you have that at the back of your mind that it doesn't matter, it's still woman being. Then the second thing that you need to, to apply, sometimes you just have to show love. You know, sometimes... No matter when that person talk and talk and talk and talk, at that point in time, I do just don't just just don't, don't just say nothing. Just keep quiet. Now it can be demoralizing, especially when you know you want your performance. It can be demoralizing. It can affect your performance. It can affect so many many other things. You know, especially if sorry to say, if it's coming from the aspect of a woman, because man, we have mind to be able to hold things and get on with things quickly than our um, female part. So this is what I'm going to say. So if you know that such things continue, that environment becomes so toxic, the first thing is start thinking of how you want to live. Pastor quoted a Bible passage before that don't live with them, don't stay with them. And the Bible even says, in as much as within your limit or within your means, be at peace with all men. There are some people, no matter, even if you cut your head and give it to them, you will never still please them. So as long as within your means, be at peace. So when it's not beyond, it's going beyond that of control, start looking for a way out. There are one million of jobs out there and God knows that you've done your best. 
do your best and leave the rest. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. I just want to add something to uh, that Patrick has this one. Uh, the reason I'm adding to it is not a mass, uh, I'm spokesperson for it because I understand that situation and it was a practical one and that's a very good part. I think the Americans can write a book on that in the future. So one of the things that really helped was to let go and let God. You just you have to let go and let let you have to because sometimes it can be it can, it was, ah, no this cannot carry on. But let go and let God. Yeah. So because it, it, when it comes to mind, you have to you have to subject everything you think, every decision you think to the obedience of Christ. So you have to you make that decision. You know we know that uh, humility and uh, calmness is a fruit of the spirit. So we know that the opposite of it is a fruit of the spirit. So you have to cultivate it. There has to be a part you have to say. You have to consciously make a decision that I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. I'm going to pray about this thing. Leave it in the hand of God and let God set with it. And eventually, once you trust Him like that, He will do it. That's what I will say to that. Praise the Lord. Uh, sorry, sir. I think more, uh, uh, okay. this is uh, Fatukasi. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Pastor. You just said before that uh, we should let God in because I remember such a situation where you are in a situation of like, this person is making me angry and I'm going to slap this person straight away and let him know that no, 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 no. I am not your mate here. But when you, because uh, such a thing has happened to me before, and uh, when I, that was my first job in this country, and I felt like, oh my goodness, if you are in my country, I know what I'm going to do to you. But something in me just said, oh, do you remember Psalm 91 and Psalm 95? Why don't you use it to pray for this person? And I started praying for this person. The first day, the second day, my mom just called me from Nigeria and said, no, Tony, what are you doing? Something, something is not right about you. What's going on? And I told her what was going on. And she said to me straight away that God said you should let go. Mm. Don't even pray about it. Don't even read whatever you are doing. Just let go and let peace reign in your heart. And that was the way I started living with this person. Within six months, that thing started. Within six months, this person was moved for me. And I became the supervisor of that place where I was working because I listened to let go and let God in. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's another practical one that I'm also starting to listen. Thank you so much, Emma. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you all for that. That wonderful, those wonderful contributions. That is a that those were really very, very good. Practical application. So in the, can we quickly uh, turn, open Timothy chapter, 1 Timothy uh, 1, verse 4, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 4, verse 4, and also chapter 4, verse 7, quickly. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, sorry, First Timothy 1, verse 4, and First Timothy 1, chapter 4, verse 7. Chapter 1, verse 4 says, We will leave it to fables and endless genealogies, which cause dispute rather than godly edification, which is in faith. And then... Chapter 4, verse 7 says, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is in regard of the, the phrase there that appeared in that text, Jewish fables. Mm -hmm. the, the, the word of God urged uh, us in First uh, Timothy to reject all those, all those uh, false teachings mm -hmm. of, uh, of false teachers that we lead us nowhere, but 
we create argue, unnecessary argument instead of uh, instead of uh, 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 the the pure word of God that edifies us. We should flee away from that. Mm. And uh, for, uh, chapter four as well, verse seven is still saying the same thing. Praise yeah. the Lord. Command yeah. commandments in that phrase it means these probably these are probably to the false teachers distinctive interpretation of the Jewish law. They interpret the Jewish law the way they want, they want it. And it's, they, they interpret it the way that it suits them and want people to follow. And so that's a false teachers for you. Then 15, we go to 15. Verse 15 to 16. He says, he says, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defied and unbelieving, nothing is pure. This is where we, we really spend time, where we really talk about this, uh, this practicality. Mm. But even, even, but even their mind and conscience are defied. They profess to know God, but in works, they deny him. Being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. So here we can see that he says that to the pure, all things are pure. The false teachers have apparently prohibited the use of certain things. They call certain things, things that God made himself unclean. They termed the food that we eat unclean. We should abstain from certain food. When God has created them and sanctified them, that we might give thanks to him for making certain things for us to eat. But these people have, are preaching that these things are not good. That when you keep yourself away from them or of these things, it's then that you'll be holy. See how they are how they put the blame on ordinary food. When you keep away from them, then you are holy. Their conscience, the true servant of God does not minister for personal gain. He ministers to help others grow in faith. But behind this covetous was another problem, the minds, and conscience have been defied. Titus chapter one, verse 15. But, but this is what happens when a person lives a double life. Outwardly, he commands respect, but inwardly, he deteriorates. No one can serve two masters. These deceivers, the these deceivers love money because these deceivers love for money cause them to teach false doctrine and false Life. and live false lives. The result was a defied conscience that will not convince them. So their hearts have been sealed, sealed by, like, by hot iron that they cannot, they cannot, there is a point when they keep on peddling these lies that, that it becomes their lifestyle. Mm. It becomes part of them, that no matter what you, you, you tell them to, that this is the truth, they will never listen to it. Mm. Paul wrote, about that in first Timothy chapter four, verse two. Let's turn to first Timothy four, verse two, and also first first Timothy four, three to five. 
Somebody to read quickly from there. Pass the please. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience <laughs> with hot iron. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good. And nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, or it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, this is what God has given for mankind, so that man will give him thanks for having made all those things. But here they are preaching not to marry and uh, all that, all those things to abstain from food. And uh, this is this is uh, a false teaching. This is how you know false teachers. And uh, preaching uh, about the food, the food, uh, let's look at, at them, at uh, this preaching. Uh. Do, don't we practice this teaching? This, don't, don't we get caught in this sort of teaching sometime in our lives? Uh. We, do, we do get, we do teach things like this. Even as believers, things like uh, eating pig or eating anything mm. that God has made or beverages that God has made for us to drink, either because he has little little bit of alcohol, we we tend, we tend to see the person mm. as as somebody that has gone out of the way, mm. especially especially when we are overzealous. For God's, for God's word. Yes, it is good to be overzealous for the things of God. But when we get overzealous to a fault that we begin to see one another, what God has made, we, we begin to look at one another as if he's doing something wrong. That we again, we are like this, these people that are preaching uh, uh, something that is not of God, uh, that is not the gospel. So let's let's be careful. In uh, First uh, 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 Timothy, Timothy, uh, in, in the issue of drink, for example, God warned Timothy. Uh, Paul warned Timothy uh, that he should he should drink, but not to excessive. It is for his belly. We all go through different challenges, which we may not know, but the person that goes through it knows it. Mm. And because Paul has come across Paul, across Timothy, and probably if he hadn't come across Timothy, he will probably be the type that will go to extreme do not do this, do not do this. But he has seen the situation. And what did he do? He brought out a, an action plan. Mm. He said, do not, do not, uh, you should drink a little just for your stomach. He said, do not uh, take it overboard mm. and so that it will lead you to sin. So we, we, we have to, in such a situation, because in this issue, God, Paul was led by the Spirit of God, because there is a reason why that was put there. Paul knew that this would be debatable. This will raise a controversy. But when we approach it like this, and the Spirit of God speaking through one another, we are able to, we are able to know what the Spirit of God is saying that we shouldn't come to that place and explain it as uh, somebody that is overzealous, what that thing is not saying, that is total abstinence and something like that. I'm saying this because for me as a person, mm. I've, I have had a similar challenge 
you know. But I've, I've, and now I've come out of that challenge because of something I, I've done, which if somebody sees it anyway, my, uh, an overzealous person might go to the extreme of condemning or what. But then let's apply the, let the, allow ourselves to be led by the spirit of God so that we we'll do, we'll do something, we give a proper advice to our brothers and our sisters. So is there anybody that has anything to say in that regard? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number one, I think because of time, maybe we just quickly move on to the action plan. But I okay. won't quickly add on to that one there. Brother Paul balanced things up properly. He told us in 1 Corinthians 10, 23. He said, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Mm. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Yes. Yeah. So the reason why we say that is this. So there are some things that even though it might be, it might be right, right? But it doesn't mean that uh, we should do it. Yes. Because in that thing, we make others. I'll give yeah. you an example. Maybe I, now that you're practical, let me give you a practical example. Okay, maybe we'll do, uh, talk about the practical example the, another day. But what I wanted to say is this. There was a party that uh, uh, people did sometimes. And as they did the party, a new convert, which I'm not going to mention, it is a practical example. Mm. A new convert from a different African country came to that party. And that new convert, it took uh, these people, uh, the Jones family, they preached, 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 preached. This person will not accept Christ. Then they said, Pastor, please, can we step in? I said, okay, let's go with prayer first. We did with prayer. Then we went there. Then that same day, that person, to the glory of God, gave her life to Christ. It was in the hostel that day. So slowly, the person gave the life to Christ. After some time, the boy that was born as a cripple got up and started walking. God was changing that person's life. Mm -hmm. The person, things changed drastically and everything was going on well. Then one day he now came to a particular party that people were in. And he now saw things like that. When, he, when she saw that, first of all, the first thing she did, I'm not saying what that people were doing, what people were doing were, not right, were right or wrong. But the first thing that she did was that she just cut off communication with people. Mm. After some time, when because I think God has been doing so work of sanctification, sanctification like this, what's going on? So I took time, took time, could have went to that person. The person now proved that this is what she saw, and because of that, she she believes that that is actually wrong. She can do that. She can. Now is she right? No. But if what we do, we bring that person that just coming to Christ to to go back, then it's something, it's a little thing where we could sacrifice, <laughs> yeah, not do, we will not just do it because of the, that is what Brother Paul is actually saying there. So as uh, sometimes, as when we get to as mature Christians, there are some things that will not do. For example, is it right for me to go and visit a sister at home and go and greet them? Of course. Because I know myself, I will never do that. Because it doesn't edify. I will make sure I go with my wife. So those are the things. I might say, oh yeah, I know myself, but it doesn't work like that. The way it works is that for the corporate body, for the edification, something that will lift up Jesus, <laughs> that thing, that is what we must pursue. That we can fulfill the scripture that said, all things are, all things are lawful, but not all things yeah, no, all to satisfy. And I pray that the Lord with the Holy Spirit give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. I Amen. think because we have about five, four, three more minutes. So if we could quickly go, we can go to action plan. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. Um then action plan. What is titled? What was titled to do? He was to stand. He was not to stand. Oh, he was not to stand quietly quietly by and let them take over. First, he, he was to exhort and to convince them by means of sound doctrines. One, by means of sound doctrines. The only weapon against Satan's life is God's 
God's truth. This God's truth, which is God thus says the law, is the end of the argument. Once the person here thus says the law, and this is what God is saying, that is the end of the argument. The person has to take the 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 that is the weapon against Satan's lie, against those that are preaching lies. That this is what God is saying, and that is the that is the end of the argument, and that should be the end of the argument. Mm. So Titus was to stop their mouths and prevent them from teaching or spreading false doctrines. He was to rebuke them sharply. Rebuke them sharply. That is to rebuke them. Immediately we see this thing happening. We don't keep quiet. Immediately we rebuke them sharply. Paul would give the same counsel to Timothy. Paul would give the same counsel to Timothy in his final letter. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Paul's purpose, of course, was to convince these teachers and get them to be sound in the faith. But while he was doing this, but while he was doing this, he needed to protect the church from their false teaching. So he needed to keep in check, protect them from the false teaching. While he was convincing these false teachers, telling them that what they were teaching were, were wrong. Mm. He needed to keep in check also of, of, uh, of uh, the people, yes, the congregation, the church, from this false teacher. False doctrine is like a yeast. It enters secretly. It grows quickly. Mm. It comes in secretly, and but it grows quickly, and permits completely. Galatians five nine. The best time to attack false doctrine is at the beginning. At the beginning, when it's coming in, you don't give it a chance to land. We don't, we don't have to give it a chance at all. We, it's the best time to attack before it has a chance to spread. The attitude of action plan, the attitude of some church members is It makes no difference what you believe. The attitude of some church members it makes no difference what you believe, just as long as you believe something. That is what what false church preach. Believe so long as you believe, believe on something. That is, you are good to go. Paul would not agree with that philosophy, foolish philosophy. It makes all the difference between life and death, and whether you believe it or believe the truth of the word or believe the lies. It is a matter of life and death. If they say this is the road that leads to destruction and it is wide. At the end of the day, when you head to that, uh, when you head towards that, it will lead you to hellfire. It will lead you to destruction. And narrow is the gate. It will lead you to eternal life. So whichever one you take, it doesn't matter. It's a matter of life and death. Paul is saying here that it's a matter of life and death. That the wages of sin is death. God will judge our, our motive, our behavior, whatever we've, we've done on this earth. It is a matter of life and death. You, you, you can choose what you want to believe, but you cannot change the consequences. That mm -hmm. is it. God has said it. And one will face it. Whether you, even if you get caught in it, you must, you must face the consequence. And God's punishment is the consequence. And God has pronounced his punishment 
the soul that senate must, must die. And as simple as that. Are, are you sure? You shall, and you shall know the truth, say Jesus Christ, and the truth shall set you free. Mm. You shall know the truth. Knowing the truth of what God has said will be, the, will be what will set you free and obeying it. In conclusion, we must be sound in the doctrine and knowledge of the word of God, with which we will be able to counter every false teaching from the enemy. We must be sensitive to know when the enemy comes in softly and stop him in his track before he starts spreading false teaching. May the Lord bless his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Then the, the questions, the questions. I think there is uh, question seven and six. Yes, we if can use treat it quickly. We can use them as starter. We are out of we are out of okay. time. Okay, okay, all right. So we can use them as a starter next week. Um before okay. we do the next chapter we, 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 uh, with the facilitator that we put that. All right. That's okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, sir, for that uh, wonderful teaching the last two weeks. And I also want to just add something as we say that thing as per uh, the discussion that remember what we to say that sin may not take it well, but sin will bring or all the actions, some actions will bring hell onto people's doorstep. It will bring hell to people. For example, people that indulge in being drinking and all stuff like that. So the problem is that as uh, Paul said to Timothy, okay, a little bit at the end of the day, when those people start having uh, health problem, health challenges, that is, that will, that itself, that's the reason. Some of the things that the Bible told us is for our own good. Uh, for example, somebody that is uh, committing fraud or stealing or covetous, the Bible says do not be covetous, it's for that person's good because I've never seen somebody that is a fraudulent person celebrating under years, you know, or a thief celebrating 70 years in of uh, this thing. No, you will see that they always die young or people that are prone to anger all the time because one day you'll be angry with the wrong person and it will trigger things. And before you know it, I keep telling my students those things. Sometimes uh, that's one of the things that I tell them all the time. And the I believe that most of them follow it. And because I've seen it over time, people that are prone to all those things. But they said, oh, some of them said, but my parents told me, no, 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 you have to defend you. You have to defend your right. You have to defend. I said, yes, they listen to a higher uh, advice. Listen from the scripture. This is the way it is. You want to live long? No. You go and attack a weakling. The weakling has somebody stronger and they will defend. And that's how people kill themselves these days. So I believe the Holy Spirit will give us understanding. The best thing is to follow the scripture, hook, line, and sinker. You can never. Yes, yes Pastor. Uh, the question I want to ask in quickly in this: If you are going through health issue mm. and you have to do take a drink because you have found out that this is reducing your sugar level in the blood drastically, it reduces it, mm. and you decide that this is what you you come out of your medication. Okay. And you decide to use this as a treatment. What will you advise that brother? Will you tell him to go to come to come out of it and mm. be taking sugar or to, what will you advise him as a brother? Yeah, thank you very much, sir, for that uh, beautiful question. What I will say is that that person should come for counseling. So we do one-on-one -on -one counseling for that. It will not be a generic thing. We will not build a doctrine on that one. So what we do for that person, that's why people come for counseling. So when in the counseling time, what will happen is the Holy Spirit itself will now give you a specific direction on specific things, but it will not be a general thing. It will be one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, it will be a one-on-one -on -one counseling, a one-on-one -on -one direction. So those things happen like that. Even some things that is 
all right for everyone else. The Holy Spirit sometimes can cancel you. The Holy Spirit can tell you that for the next three months, for the next one month, don't eat meat at all. But we can't build the doctrine on that. That's a specific direction for you from the Holy Spirit. And if you if you mistakenly do, do refuse to follow that direction, the punishment will be for another year. You may go out. We go have to go for fasting, dry fasting for another six months. So is it a specific instruction for individual? But that comes in counseling. Mm. So I believe the Holy Spirit will give us more direction, more interpretation in Jesus' name. So amen. amen.